What's going on, folks? Welcome into the Get in the Hole podcast. Stephen McAvoy, John Mavalia. You know, John, the uh, PNC Championship is is an event that really d- d- doesn't get a lot of love, obviously, with uh, with the IA Quarter and the PGA Tour. No one's really talking about it, but this was a little different. And last year was um, a stir because Charlie Woods was in the event, but now it's his father who's really taking the uh, the cake here. Tiger Woods has announced he will participate with Charlie in the 2021 PNC Championship. He's going to go up against the Thomases, uh, JT and his father, VJ and his son, Quas, Lee Trevino, Tom, and her father, Matt, the, the Coochers. And, of course, how can we forget John and John Daly? John and John, too. It's going to be absolutely absolutely epic. We're here to break it, down all, break it all down for you. Second half, be sure to tune in. Got a big interview with two, two great ladies from the University of Texas, San Antonio, Ana Gonzalez and Cameron Carrion there are stopping in to talk everything. We got Fitz, the LPGA. We're going to be talking about uh, who to take to dinner. It's going to be a whole a whole thing. Of course, some great feedback from them about how to grow the game of golf and also how, how they are both as female student athletes. But, John, let's start right here with the PNC Championship. Just what are you looking forward to? And what is it about Tiger Woods coming back that really kind of gets you revved up for this event? I mean, yeah, greatest golfer of all time coming back after the, you know, the accident that he had. And he obviously said, we all know that he, we wasn't even sure if he was going to be able to keep his legs. And now he's going to be able to be playing golf with his son. Um, that's just something beautiful and special um, beyond any, anything, the event itself. Um, that's just something that that's that's cool to see a father spend time with his son. Um, and it's it's even, it makes it even more special considering how much Charlie appreciates the game at such a young age. You can see um, he's or he's already giving so much effort and attention to golf that it could possibly be a future for him. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward, obviously, to see the greatest golfer of all time back um, beating the odds once again. You know, I, it's just it's just unbelievable to think about that. Um, I, I don't know what the future holds for Tiger as far as like uh, professionally uh, competing in the PGA Tour events and whatnot. Um, but whatever he does, it, it wouldn't surprise me. It seems like he might be setting himself up for a, a low key comeback. Um, but for now, I'm going to believe whatever he says, um, whatever he said in the interview that he's going to pick and choose which what tournaments he has, he's going to play in. And he's not necessarily sure if he can get back to that level. I believe him when he says those words. And I don't think he's he's. Um, He's trying to set himself up on, on for for something major, like he knows he can do something more. I think he's being very honest with the folks. Um, and he, he, the, there's kind of some some smoke behind the fire of the PNC Championship in, in a similar way when he was talking uh, to the media. He was kind of like, oh, um, I, I'm not sure if I can do it, you know, maybe. But it was it was at least mentioned. So you knew like, OK, maybe like maybe he'll come back. So just 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 to just to see Tiger back on the golf course it's must must watch TV, must see TV. This is. This is the, the closest thing we're going to get to a major um, in December. And I feel like it might even get the same coverage as a major. I don't want to um, get ahead of myself when I say those words. But I think I think this could this event could get like some kind of coverage like that. But I don't know how you're feeling about it. I mean, I certainly think it's going to get coverage. After all, it's Tiger Woods. And yeah. anywhere Tiger goes, it's going to be mayhem. He could be tanning on a beach in Aruba and all of a sudden the whole world's interested. So I, I think Tiger Woods in and of itself is – uh, it's fascinating. Clearly, he's going to get a lot more attention than anybody else um, solely because of, like I mentioned, the injury that he had and how um, Golf.com asked him, like, hey, was amputation an option? He said, yeah. And everyone was kind of, like, dumbfounded by the idea that, that Tiger Woods, the greatest golfer ever, would uh, would be able to – would not be able to, to golf ever again. 
Um, but I think this is a lot more about him not even coming back to, to the sport, but also showing that there's still life in him. And I mean, look, it, well, is he going to have a comeback similar to what he had um, when he won the Masters a couple of years ago? Probably not. Um, he certainly is. He's, he's even admitted he, he isn't going to ever be um, 100% again. He said in practice he's been playing about 70%, 80%, but that, that's kind of uh, subjective to whatever Tiger really, uh, really is doing. Obviously, he spends a lot of time in the weight room on his upper body, not as much as, as his lower body. But he mentioned something really interesting in, the, um, in his presser, and he said that I'm doing this more as a dad more than I am as a competitor. And it's fascinating to see the way he interacts with the son, because if you ever watch the documentary with, with Tiger and his father, the, the relationship there was kind of, kind of rugged, a little staggered. It was almost like, uh, like if Tiger wasn't performing to his standards, his father wasn't, uh, wasn't always there for him. And mm-hmm. yet now you're seeing it with Charlie. It's that no matter what, he's proud of his son. He's enjoying the time he's spending. And also with Charlie too, it's, it's kind of ridiculous you look at side by sides of them on the range, them doing things on the course, and it's like it's mirrored. It's yeah. it's, it's almost it's it's like scary. That's yeah, like the best. Like, that's like the best golf content that I've ever oh seen. Oh my god! Just, like the fact that I was sitting in my room one day and legitimately said, "Could Charlie Woods break Tiger's eighty-one wins? Probably could happen." Oh, well, relax. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't get to. I wouldn't. John, 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 you cannot tell me that that the way this kid no. acts, just like his father. If the skill set is there, which also not to mention, great that he's playing from a little head of the ladies' team. I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, the thing is, he's a 12 year old kid. I'm not. I, as as somebody outside and from, from like the perspective of the media, I'm not going to put any yeah, pressure by asking those questions on, on a 12 year old kid. You know yeah. what I mean? And and it's just like you know, we we don't know. We honestly, probably he's probably going to end up choosing golf in some way, whether it might be on the business side of golf or more likely on the golf course as a profession for him. You know what I mean? But to to already be saying, could he do break 82? You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. You know, it definitely is something that that's maybe in the back of your mind. Like, obviously this kid is really talented. He's taking the sport so seriously at such a young age. Um, And he looks exactly like he has the same manner, the same disposition, um, same mental approach that his dad has, which is the, the most impressive impressive part um, is that Tiger basically made a duplicate of himself on the golf course. You know, so he's he's just so so far advanced um, when you compare him to other kids his age in, in terms of the, the mental side of things. Um, and that's that that's that's what's that's what's the most clear. So it's gonna it's definitely gonna be cool to see him um, make a run at becoming a professional and. and Hopefully, if that's what he desires, killing on the PJ Tour at some point when we're uh, both forty years old or something like that. Yeah. Um, but for now, for now, you know what I mean. Let's just let's just enjoy um, what we got right now with him. Yeah. Now. Yeah. No. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say Charlie Woods is, is going to be the uh, the greatest thing since sliced bread. After all, um, we've seen sons of fathers who who have not panned out whatsoever. You see, Frank Sinatra's kid, obviously, <laughs> uh, Cooper Manning didn't necessarily work out. Granted, barring injuries, but um, I'm not going to say Charlie already is already better than his dad, but like you said, the fact that, that the mannerisms and the deposition and everything is there, it's a scary thought to think that, wow, this kid could really be uh, something special. But going back to the whole Tiger um, topic and kind of rounding this all out, it's the fact that he's now back and we can understand that even if he's going to pick and choose his events, he's going to go um, the, uh, the Ben Hogan route and he's picking and choosing his events. He isn't going to be, 
anything crazy. He's obviously going to be exempt from every single major now um, for the next 12 years anyway, so he can play for as long as he wants. But we're not going to see him playing the farmer's insurance, or we're not going to see him necessarily playing the waste management. But you'll probably see him at Augusta. He might he might play 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 in, in April. We don't really know. Uh, might play the U.S. Open. Might play the British. We'll have to see. Um, obviously, recovery matters, and this is a, this is one of those events where obviously he doesn't have to try as much. Um, he certainly doesn't doesn't have to go as hard because at the end of the day, it's just a father and a son enjoying some golf. Which actually brings up another interesting point. I saw an article uh, from golf.com that had mentioned that because of the injury and because of the way uh, the PGA Tour is, is approaching this event, someone asked if Tiger Woods is going to play one of the tip, where usually obviously the, the tour players will play from their, from their designated spot and their uh, family member will play from wherever they have to adjust to. Um, but someone, ha- someone made mention of, oh, if Tiger Woods can't hit it the same as JT coming out on day one, is he going to play play on the forward tees? And he said that, I mean, he said he could, but it would it, be almost unfair to him uh, mentally to do that. I think it's another interesting wrench to see how the um, the tournament itself is going to play out because obviously Charlie will be playing up from the ladies' tees, being that, that he can't hit it uh, that, that far to begin with. But how much how much of this event is, is going to be relied on Charlie more than it is going to be on Tiger? Tiger's going to be in a golf cart, isn't going to have to walk, walk very much, but still – is going to be taking a beating on his legs regardless. Um, even sitting down for him is a challenge. So it'll be cool to see the way Charlie uh, approaches this, being that he may have to carry some weight a little bit um, off his legendary father's shoulders. But getting away from Tiger Woods, I want to look at the rest of this field. I want to get to know uh, who's in the field, who's who are, who are we excited to see. I, I, I made some mention already, uh, Vijay Singh and his son Quas finished runner-up to uh, Justin Thomas and his father. Last year at the PNC, Nellie Corda and her father Peter is going to be, is going to be involved. Uh, Jessica will not be in the event. She actually, she actually just got married, um, so congratulations to her. But um, a few others, the Coochers are going to be involved, and of course John Daly and his son, um, who actually I didn't even know this is one of the best players now as a freshman in Arkansas golf history already, and it's only been a quick three months. So it'll be really interesting to see how uh, how that duo plays out. Hopefully not the uh, cigarettes and McDonald's that we're hoping for. But we'll see what happens. But, John, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, it, it is an interesting field. And before we get into the field, I, w- I want to say something to your point. Um, yeah. you, you, made, you made a really good point before um, talking about Tiger and, and you know, where he, where he might play. And I think I think a lot of us are, are going to get ahead of ourselves and really, really analyze um, oh, how far, far is he hitting it, what are his numbers, um, what are his metrics, is he, is, he get, is he getting the right amount of discs on, on this club, on that club. Um, does it look like his swing is, is, is PGA Tour ready? And we're all going to be, be look, looking at the numbers and analyzing them this weekend. But I think it's far more important just to appreciate his presence on the golf course. You know, in the same way that you know, um, when I'm downstairs and watching Tom Brady, um, a 45 year old playing, playing in the NFL, and Tom Brady's still in his prime. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy that you know we're this lucky to be able to get to watch him still at this age, play at a high level. So I'm just going to be appreciating the fact that Tiger is there and we get to watch his son and them play together, work as a team. Um, and you made another point about um, how Tiger kind of um, became a better father after what we saw in the documentary of all, all the mistakes that his dad made. Um, and that's what good parents do. They learn from the mistakes uh, from of their parents. And parenting doesn't come, you hear it all the time, parenting doesn't come with a book or anything like that. It isn't, there's no right or wrong way to do it in many cases. You know what I mean? Um, so sometimes parents don't know any better, but Tiger really, really learned from his dad. I'm sure the, his dad did the best that he could 
And now you see Tiger doing the same thing for his son. And I'm sure Tiger learned so many life lessons along the way. Um, and he's conveying those to his son in, in the proper way, in the proper manner that, that his dad um, should have or maybe would have uh, done with him. But looking at the field now, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting duos out here, man. I, uh, I'm looking at the Harringtons. I think that's going to be cool to see. I, I thought it was interesting that uh, Patty Harrington was – I wasn't sure if that was just like a nickname for Padre, and then I saw Padre's name, and I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, but I'd like to see the, the quarter duo, uh, father-daughter. I think that's pretty cool. Um, the Thomases defending champions. I think eyes are going to be on them. Um, Lee Tre- Trevino and uh, I believe, I guess that is his, that's his son, right? Daniel Trevino, yeah. I would assume. I think that's going to be cool. Um, you got Bubba Watson, I guess. I guess that's pretty cool seeing him out there. Um, I don't know. The Duvals, the Duvals stand out to me. Former world number one. Um, that stands out to me. Um, yeah, it's, it's just going to be cool. I think, I think those, I mean, I mentioned like five, I think those are the five that I'm going to be looking out for, um, in addition to, uh, the Woods Woods duo. But what about you, Steven? Are, are, is there any, any names that I mentioned that maybe you, you're going to be looking at extra special hard this weekend? Um, honestly, it really is the quarters for me and not, not just cause Nelly's the world number one, but also I, I'm not sure if you know this, but the, the quarter family is so athletically gifted. I believe, if I'm, if I'm not wrong, uh, Nellie and, Nelly and Jess's mother was a uh, tennis Olympian. I know Nellie's father, Peter, who will be, who'll be uh, her partner, was a Olympian in tennis. Obviously, their brother Sebastian is currently on the uh, is currently on the world uh, the world tennis tour. And then, obviously, the, these sisters are um, are ridiculous in their own right as Olympians and as uh, as LPGA tour golfers. So it'll be really cool to see. The, uh, the world of tennis and the world of golf kind of collide. Obviously, both very much uh, country club sports, but who knows? Peter might be pretty good with the stick uh, as opposed to the racket, so we'll see how that one goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, honestly, the, uh, the Heron didn't seem really cool. The Faldos is going to be, uh, be interesting. Have, have yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see Faldo back out there. I think I think that'll be interesting, too. And also yeah, the he, he always talks trash on, on CBS. He's like, oh, this guy just had a bad shot. That'd be funny, too. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to. I'm not thinking it's gonna be. I love Nick Fowler. I think he's it's gonna be cool to see him out there. Um, he's just he's just always making it sound so easy sometimes when he's on CBS. I'm like, ah, what's the easiest shot, dude? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's gonna be cool. There's a lot. There's a lot of cool duos out there. Um, I, I the sink the sinks that could that could be an interesting one. Cool. Like Stuart Sink is still like, um, I, I wouldn't say obviously well out of his prime, but you know he could, he could still win an event here and yeah. there. Not 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 when the field is stacked, you know. But he's, I mean, still, hey, he's still playing at a high level. You know? Don't count. Don't count out Stuart Sink. The man won two events last year. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he could easily win an event. I mean, it's not. He's not going to win in like a super stack field or anything like that. Yeah. He, he could post the top twenty um, week to week uh, pretty pretty easily, depending on the field. Um, pretty cool. Pretty cool duo too. Uh, that, that I'm looking out for is uh, is the Watsons, Michael and Bubba. Yeah. Um, this week at the QB shootout again. One of the events that, 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 that doesn't really get a lot of love because it isn't a PGA Tour event, it's a charity event. Um, it's a, a two-player match play. Uh, Bubba Watson's playing with Lexi Thompson of the, of the LPGA Tour, but more importantly than that, who's Bubba's caddy this week? It's his son. So usually it isn't that case. Obviously, Bubba has his own caddy, but for a charity event, bringing his son along, they're going to map out the course they're playing and then also see how, how it translates. Son watches father, and then father will teach son. Uh, as they go to the PNC, I think that that's pretty cool to see how, because like for for a lot of PGA Tour players, and 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 we talked about scheduling with uh, 
with Ben and then obviously the girls coming up um, mm-hmm. on the other on the other side of the show. But scheduling for PGA Tour athletes is so difficult because you play Thursday through Sunday, you travel on Monday, you practice Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you're off. And for the most part, a lot of these guys are, are based down in Florida or Texas or California. And most of the events are around there, but you don't really have a lot of time with um, with the crunch time of travel. So getting to even spend time with your son for two weeks uh, is is awesome during the hiatus, let alone uh, be a caddy partner and now uh, partner partner, which is going to be pretty cool. So yeah. uh, the Watsons are going to be a, a fun site too. And also to, to mention this before we uh, wrap up the first half here, it really comes down to seeing how, how families like react. We, uh, we, we see guys like curse at, at the, uh, at their putters, at the flag stick, at the hole, at their ball um, during competition. But really, this is an event that you, that you don't really have to care. It's a very laid-back atmosphere. It's a really easy golf course to play. That They aren't making it um, PGA conditions. It's basically playing, playing like a, a general country club. So it won't be that difficult. So I'm, I'm, really, I'm really looking to see the, uh, the, the soft moments uh, between some father-son, father-daughter, uh, and then even as well um, – uh, brothers, whatever happens to be. So. Yeah, no, you you make a good point about how this is a, a good time, like good time of year during the hiatus to allow these these uh, these people to spend time with their families, and you know that they're gonna have their immediate slash extended family in the area, and it's right before Christmas too. So like, I, it's just a great it's just a great way to allow the, the people who are constantly um, on tour or being a part of the tour in some way, shape, or form, whether it's as an ambassador or whatever, um, to give them a couple weeks to spend time with their family. Exactly. All right, John, we're going to get we're going to get, get going here on the first half of the show. Right around the corner, guys, two UTSA golfers, two amazing women had the opportunity to speak to them. Really long interview, really yeah. good interview. Some had of the best of insight, some of the best insight we've had on this show from those oh, yeah. two young ladies. Terrific angels, angels, complete angels. Yeah. Terrific yeah. young ladies. Uh, I'm looking forward for everybody here with that to say. They were absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Don't go anywhere. On the other side of the show, Ana Gonzalez and Cameron Carrion on the show right here, getting the whole podcast brought to you by Tomahawk Shades. Pick up and our friends, Kenwood Beer. Don't go anywhere, folks. The Get in the Hole podcast is sponsored by Tomahawk Shades, the best eyewear in the game. Tomahawk Shades is making sure that when you tee off on hole number one, your eyes are well protected from the sun as soon as you hit hole 18. Tomahawk Shades founded by two brothers on Long Island to make sure that you're getting a quality product for an affordable price and not spending an entire two weeks paycheck on one pair of sunglasses and you're looking styling and profiling on the golf course. And say you're at home watching the PGA Tour, they got the blue light plus glasses to protect your eyes from those violent blue lights that come from your TV. Go to TomahawkShades.com right now Fill up your cart for the golf season, get the sunglasses, the blue light plus glasses, and anything else you need while you're out on the course so that you look the best and you can live up to the look good, feel good, play good moniker that we live by here in the underground. And when you go to check out, use our code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com and all orders qualify for free domestic shipping. That's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP. For 25% off your order, and all orders qualify for free domestic shipping. Big thank you to Tomahawk Shades for sponsoring the Get in the Hole podcast. The Get in the Hole podcast is also sponsored by our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. That's right. 
Stateside Vodka is the official vodka of the Get in the Hole podcast. Guys, they're headquartered in Old Kensington, Philadelphia. They're right in our backyard. They are seven times distilled, certified gluten-free. And get this, Stateside Vodka is blended with electrolytes, making it the first vodka on the market blended with electrolytes on the same mineral composition found in that sports drink that starts with a G, and it's the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. They've also won awards for best packaging in the world. Who doesn't love a winner? And as you guys are listening to this, Stateside Vodka has got you ready for the summer. They just released the vodka sodas in the cans. They are in the vodka soda game. Stateside Vodka is taking things to the next level with their vodka soda variety pack. It's easily the drink of the summer. So go to statesidevodka.com right now. Get the vodka sodas. Get your vodka. They even have the bourbon in stock. And when they do, you don't want to miss out on that. It is very limited. So get your hands on everything that Stateside has to offer. And when you go to checkout, make sure you have those one liter bottles in your cart so you can help us out, pay some bills. Use our code USP to get 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka at statesidevodka.com. Must be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, guys, as always, please drink responsibly. Welcome back in, folks, to the Get in the Hole podcast. Stephen McAvoy, John Mavalia here. As per usual, joining us now, a, a fun little uh, segment. Don't really get a lot of interviews quite yet. We had Ben Piero on few months ago, college golfer from Xavier. But now we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to the deep south, the University of Texas, San Antonio. Ana Gonzalez and Cameron Carrion are here joining us live in studio. Ladies, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Are, how do you say her name, Steve? You notice that? I, <laughs> you want to laugh? If, if someone clips this and they see it, my eyes kind of lit up like a tree, and I was like, wait, I forgot it. <laughs> so it, it, honestly, it, look – we're here. We're having fun. We're we're uh we're going as fast as we can and trying to figure things out out as we go. So, ladies, I want to just hop right in. Quick general question. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. What's it like being a college golfer? Uh, obviously, you both now played through the COVID era, as if it really hasn't ended. Uh, but what's it like? What's been your journey so far through uh, high school golf, even um, amateur golf as a young child, and now into college? Okay. Um. So I grew up in Mexico. And um, there was really no high school golf there. Like, I literally was on my own. Um, I got recruited through, like, international tournaments, um, came here to play around Texas because I knew I wanted to stay here. And um, coach talked to me. I got recruited. And, yeah, this is currently my fifth year uh, in San Antonio playing golf, and I'm loving it. Uh, I grew up here in San Antonio, so I'm not really far from home. I started playing golf pretty late. I started like in sixth, seventh grade. Um, well, I feel like that was late for me, but um, yeah, I started getting serious about golf my like seventh, maybe eighth grade year, and I really wanted to play in high school. Um, then after that, I started getting looked at by a few schools uh, my sophomore year. And then I committed as soon as I could, um, like verbally. I think you can verbally commit back then at like your junior year, right? And um, 
So I came to school after a couple like unofficial just looking around at UTSA and I committed like as soon as I possibly could because I really wanted to stay near and it's probably one of the best things I possibly could have done. I'm Anna will tell you I'm like I'm here and I go home to see my parents and my dogs all the time. Like I'm literally always at home. <laughs> Gotta make the dogs a priority. So I, I definitely I definitely understand that. Um, this is a question for both of you guys. Either one of you guys can take it first. Um, when was that? When was the moment when you guys like fell in love with the sport of golf? Because obviously, you know, there's a point um, for me, especially there was a point where like I was like, oh, golf is just nerdy and nobody wants to play it. And then I started playing and I was like, oh, wow, like this is a pretty cool sport. Um, when was that moment for you guys where you guys kind of just fell in love with the sport and maybe thought that this was something you wanted to dedicate a career to potentially? Uh, growing up, I would, or not growing up, well, when I would, was learning to play golf, I was with my dad all the time. We're still always together. If I'm not with the school golfing, I'm pretty much with him working. And um, we would just be on the range and hit, like, hundreds of balls. And, you know, I learned a lesson from him. He would tell me that you're going to start off hitting, like, the 500 balls you hit today, you're going to hit, like, 10% of them or, like, a handful of them good. And then – in a couple months, it's going to be like half of them good shots. And then at the end or, you know, and like now there's still bad shots. So I knew it, it was always a grind. And I think I got that like drive and that, that um like the golf bug after that. And I'm, I was addicted to it. So I guess like that's when I started loving it. Like it was just a, a really hard challenge. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was kind of basically like an, an addiction to that grind, I guess. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. What was it for you, Anna? Yeah, for me, I guess I was very young. I was uh, six years old when I started playing. And it all started because uh, my dad started playing at first. And then my older brother got into it. And I kept um, watching him play like regional tournaments. I was walking the course, not playing, but just watching him play. And um, he kept winning trophies. And I was like, well, if I'm waking up early, traveling with y'all and doing all this stuff. And I'm not winning trophies. Like, what am I doing? You know, like I want to play too. And um, yeah, so I started playing. My dad told me I was so hard to handle. Like I kept chasing butterflies in the golf course. And yeah, but I mean, I was young. But then the moment I started like representing my country and playing like all over not all over the world, but like I've been to like Japan and South Africa, South Africa, South America. Um, yeah, like it's it's where I think like this sport, like I just love it. Yeah. It took you places that you never thought yes. that you could go. That's cool. That's really cool. I'll let you jump in, Steve. I know you got a question. Wait, so. Yeah, no, no, no. So, um, so actually, Cameron, I want to start with you being that you're so close to uh, to your hometown. What's it like? Uh, God, correct me if I'm wrong. You were a San Antonio Player of the Year, or like ranked uh, among all players in San Antonio, one of the best players. And then was it was it Texas Player of the Year, or was it only the uh, the area? I think it. Uh, I think it was like the area. Honestly, I don't even know. <laughs> She's got so many awards, but she doesn't even know what it is. is it <laughs> no, but I know for sure. I think it was like area. And then it okay. was um, San Antonio Player of the Year, Women's Player of the Year, or something like that. Okay, so so this is courtesy of the uh, the UTSA uh, bio, bio they gave you. So I, I'm kind of yeah. running off this. So 
what's it like being so close to home and being able to it being a well-known commodity obviously as a golfer in the area and being able to represent the college that for a lot of uh, schools like San Antonio I, I would assume it's a probably a, a large uh, college atmosphere in terms of people going to games whether it be football uh, basketball whatever sport happens to be happening so being an athlete so close to home and representing uh, a school that you've probably been connected to for a while what's that like I I love it I know I might our home our home course uh, for UTSA is TPC so I usually stick around there but if I'm just trying to go like closer to home and meet my dad for like a rain session or We'll go to like San Pedro, which is a popular place in San Antonio. It's like a night range, the first tee, just different city courses. And I always get approached because um, they'll see my bag or there's, they'll see me decked out in my UTSA. Um, and I love it. I like, like, I don't mind talking to people. And I always get a lot of questions. And um, they always ask me where I'm from. And, and they're just like astonished because they're like, and you like, you golf all around San Antonio. Like, that's awesome. And you're from here. So. Yeah, I love it. So, Anna, jumping over to you, being that um, you're from a different country, obviously uh, Monterey isn't that far away from Texas, but what's it like being away from home? Do you have family uh, in the area, or is it really just uh, kind of you in the open world? Yeah, so I'm the first one of my family to come to the United States to study and like just play a sport um, representing a school and everything. Um, my family's still, still in Mexico and, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. Like at the beginning, I miss my friends, my family, the food, like it's hard adapting, but now like you learn how to live your life. And I mean, it's been almost five years and I like being by myself. <laughs> Yeah. Like being on your own. Is it yeah. what 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 part of that is, is nice? Is it like the 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 relationships you get to build with other people? Is it like the freedom? Is it like yeah, the, the freedom? What, I would say yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So um, for both of you, this is a question for both of you, but I guess for Anna because it's a good uh, it's a great way to lead off. Uh, good segue, I guess. Um, what does the future hold for you? Um, are you gonna be going back to Mexico? Do you maybe want to? spend some time with your family or, or is it going to be on to bigger, better, even bigger and better things? Um, what, what do you think? What's next? Um, so I'm graduating in the spring and I really wish I could do a master's in sports psychology. That is what I want to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always dreamed of uh, taking the sport to another level, but recently I've decided like, it's it's not that it's not worth it but it's just a lot of hard work and there's a lot like behind it that yeah yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense and then for you anna and i'll get back to you on that um that anna um but for you cameron what 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 are you looking like in the next like four years um, are there any goals, things you want to accomplish? Because um, I believe you're a sophomore right now, correct? Junior. You're a junior right now. Okay. So in the next like two years, maybe plus, like, is there anything um, that you want to accomplish in your collegiate career? And are you even thinking past that at this point right now? Yes. I, I'm always a planner. I have a 10-year plan, and that's the side <laughs> No from way. All right. So I asked you the perfect question. Um, uh, I always talk about, like, my wedding, and I'm obsessed with, like, my <laughs> be but in golf and school related um i 
You so can talk I'm about the wedding too. That's fine. Whatever you oh, want to talk about. <laughs> I said you can talk about the wedding too. We want to hear it all. Oh, Maybe <laughs> another time. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But uh, I, it's okay. I um, I I have two more years. I'm going to take a fifth year here at UTSA because of the COVID year that was taken away from us. Mm. Um. So I'm eligible and uh, I need some more experience. I would love some more experience to play some more tournaments since we missed that year. And then um, I guess I guess that last fifth year and like this coming, my senior year next year, of course this year as well, I'm going to see what I can do in the collegiate golf world. And I would, my dream is to play pro, be a professional golfer. And um, I also have a really good backup plan and that's to uh, um, ultimately become uh, a registered nurse and then after that I my, would love to um, be a pharmaceutical sales representative for like a big company mm. or something. and I think golf's gonna help me help me get there as well that's amazing right. you yes. have it all figured out then wow that's I, yeah. I, I mean you're how old are you right now I'm yeah. 21 you're 20 I wouldn't have known half of that stuff to add 21 I would if I had known any better you were 30 years old married yeah. with three kids and and Rolling on just fine. No, like at some point I'm gonna need to find uh, that ten year plan, and I'm going to ask you questions about about the wedding later on. So just uh, <laughs> so, so just watch out. But actually, I want to jump in. But I, I want to jump into that um, that COVID year because it really what it's we don't we kind of disregard it now because we're already almost two years uh, past it, but it still isn't gone and normal to a degree. Obviously, there are some things that are um, still different. But when it first hit, obviously. Uh, Cameron, you were a, uh, a freshman. You had played your fall season. You were going into the spring, and then it was taken away from you. Probably uh, spring break came, just like me and John, and you weren't able to go go back to campus. And Nana, you were a sophomore, junior? I think a junior? I was a, I was a freshman, and I had a pretty tough uh, adjustment to college golf in the beginning of the first semester. So as soon as the second semester start, started, like in January, yeah. January, we had our uh, – or spring break. It was spring break weekend or something mm -hmm. like that. And we had our uh, home tournament. Yeah. I, I took second. I took runner up, right? And um, I finally felt like, oh, I'm back. I feel great. Like I feel like wow. I'm gonna. We had a next tournament, like like in the next week. And then the next day, they called us in to our, to the office, and they told us that we were done. And I was like, what? oh, they said that. They said done. Wow. Yeah. No, yeah, it was basically yeah. it was over. Wow, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a lot different for me and Steve because we were just we weren't playing any sport or anything. We were just we I were mean, just yeah, we, yeah, we were the uh, me and John were part of the uh, Narpian Society who who <laughs> once COVID hit, it was uh, on the course twenty four seven, just uh, playing casually and obviously not playing for money and trying to go pro, even though my fourteen handicap would never get me anywhere. Anyways, fourteen um, is generous. That's generous. <laughs> but so so, oh. go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Shut up, John. So, 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 so this COVID year, it, it when it came in, it hit. You were out of a, you were probably out of, a, out of a, uh, a group. Obviously, Cameron, you'd play second, and you thought you, you thought I. But question for both of you then: um, What was the adjustment period like? Were you able to still practice at, at home, or how were things kind of rolling on for the next six, seven months till you, till you were able to, to ultimately get back to campus uh, in August? Yeah. So for me, I. After they told us that we were done, um, my parents were like, you should go home now before they close the border. Um, and I was just scared. Like, I was like, no, like, this can be true. Um, I'm going to stay here until they say something else. Um, but then they did actually close the border and I needed to go back, like, flying. And 
Um, I could practice at home because the my golf course was shut down and it kept shut down for like three months and it was actually hard to come back and like I actually like I don't know I th I think I went through like mental stuff right there yeah like it was the first time I'm not like this I swear but it was the first time I broke a club like <laughs> yeah I broke a club. What, what, what club was it what club was it my four iron wasn't even important yeah like I literally broke it and at that right moment I was like oh my god what's like what's happening to me you know like yeah. it was no. it was hard that makes sense. You know, a lot of people were frustrated and especially yeah. if, if you, you know, you were in the middle of the season, you know, you had a lot of stuff on the line, a lot of stuff going on, you know, it, it yeah. makes sense that, you know, that, that's a time that a lot of people had struggled with like mental issues, whether it was serious or, or, or not, you know, a lot of people went through at least something yeah. at that time. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, well, like for John and I, like our, um, our senior year was basically cut short. We had gone for, for spring break. John went to SMU and I went to school up here in Connecticut and we, uh, we went, we went on spring break. They said, okay, we're going to take another week off and hopefully that this passes. And all of a sudden I was in a zoom screen for the next uh, three months and everything that I was going to for my college experience to wrap up was no longer. And here we are, but it was a, it, it was certainly a difficult time, obviously both, both for the, for the country in terms of the, the virus itself, but also uh, obviously honor for you politically, it was a, um, a challenge because obviously we remember we, look back on those memories um fondly uh it was a it was certainly a challenge for for all of us but how did uh your family in particular kind of get get over it with um the knowledge that uh you were still still in the states and trying to figure out, out your way and the resistance and stuff like that yeah they were like pretty upset about it they were just telling me to come home and I I really didn't want to. My boyfriend was also here and I didn't want to leave him alone because he's actually from Germany. And for him to figure out like where to go. And I was just like, I, I don't want to leave him here. And mm -hmm. um, I eventually came home and he left like, a, like two weeks later. So it was good. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you it's more already know. I think that's how it always goes. Like, like 45 like... minutes and we're at like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back.
glad. That's it's good. As long as everyone was safe, you know, I mean, yeah. that, that's 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 what matters the most for sure. Um, Anna, you mentioned before um, that maybe uh, taking golf to the next level in the future um, might not be worth it because because of the grind and there's a lot um, going on behind the scenes. Take could you guys both just take us through um, what it's like on, on on a week to week basis on and off the golf course and how much time and effort. Uh, and mental energy you guys put in um, to the sport, to your academics, um, and what and just what that's like. I think on a basic week, well, it just it varies from uh, in season to off season. In season mm -hmm. is very rigorous. It's um so like we work out two to three times a week at six a.m. Um, so right off the bat, you're already kind of drained after at eight a.m. Because mm -hmm. um, we go we go pretty hard in the gym. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> and uh, then um, by that, or like maybe a couple hours later, we go to practice. Usually have practice for just depends on what our what, 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 how many hours we're allotted um, by the NCAA. Um, I don't know exactly the number, but um, 20. twenty hours a week. So we have to like scrunch a lot of our teamwork into a few hours, mm -hmm. and then um, it's even. Uh, it's really stressful when you're also getting ready. Let's say we're leaving on Saturday morning for the Monday, Tuesday tournament um, because if you get all your work done, it's a rush and you still want to perform well in school, of course, to even mm -hmm. play. And, and you don't want to do the minimum. Like no one wants to do the minimum um, for school because we all have other goals as well. And you guys are competitive too as well. I'm sorry. I guess that you guys are competitive, like not just on the golf course, but in the classroom and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's pretty draining, but I mean, we have a good group of girls um, that we, all of us, are really determined. So that's why we have one of the higher GPAs at our school um, on the team, and we're really good golfers. Yeah, that's cool. Wow, yeah. you just yeah, no, I, three I, times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say because you're both on the uh, on the commissioner's honor roll, which is a high honor for any student. And like, how the hell do you manage to fit in? The, the oodles of schoolwork, obviously being a – wanted to be a registered nurse, but my girlfriend's a nurse right now, and, and I used to help her study, and I would be, like, like beyond nervous, he, especially for um, – actually, she took farm, and I remember studying with her for, like, a general test, and it was, like, 300 uh, terms, different things. The symptoms are all the same, so what's it like? <laughs> so, 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 like, what's it like having to fit in all this work on the course? Obviously, college athletes are working – almost a full-time job um, as an athlete and then have to go into, go into the classroom and you're probably studying on the road. What's it like having to balance all that? So you definitely have to be organized. Um, getting here my freshman year, I literally told coach, I'm not here. I'm not here for the school. I, I'm here for golfing and that's basically what I'm here for. But she told me if you don't perform well in school, you basically don't get to play. Mm. So I got to like, get some C's right like here and there but um I still kept my GPA like above 3.0 which yeah. was like good mm -hmm. and yeah. honestly like um I thought they've always told me that school here was gonna be so hard but I got here and it wasn't as hard as I thought so I guess I was just like expecting more and that helped to to like i don't know just get it adapted yeah <laughs> that's a good thing sometimes though like if you're you come in like a little bit extra prepared i guess mentally i guess at least yeah. you know like that 
Um, is there any is there anything specific for you, Anna, that um, looking toward the future that would make you, um, like you said, like maybe make it not worth it to continue the sport? Anything specific other than the stuff that we've already talked about? Um, I just think it's the uh, difference in pay for women and men in the mm -hmm. sport. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's very um, noticeable. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I think the high if I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure like the high end earners on the LPGA tour are making like below two million, maybe yeah. would be my well, guess. I would I, think. I, I mean, the you could just look at, at purse sizes to yeah, to begin with. I think the uh, tour, like one event, is like three million. I, I, at a minimum, most of them are well, averaging uh, seven. Eight if million. I if I remember properly, uh, the the LPGA is equivalent to the players for the men. Obviously, I think the men the purse there for the winner was like four million, and then I think Nelly Corda took home like maybe a million dollars, maybe, and that's yeah. lucky. Um, so obviously the, uh, the purse size matters right there. You could easily, um, easily see it, but, but I kind of want to delve actually into this. Cause I, now I'm curious on, on a, uh, on a LPGA to golf sort of, um, spectrum, obviously Cameron, you want to end up going pro on a, who knows, maybe we'll end up seeing you on a, uh, on a pro course or a pro am or some sort in the future. <laughs> but, uh, but looking at the current landscape of the PGA tour versus the LPGA tour, obviously, women's sports sort of get a bad rep um, in a lot of regards, mostly because our society doesn't necessarily uh, respect the, the work that, that goes into playing a women's sport just, just as much and if not more uh, than a men's sport. What do you think are some necessary steps that, um, that us as a society, but also the LPGA could take to try and grow the brand, grow their exposure um, and sort of overtake the PGA tour in that sense of, uh, being able to be a well-respected franchise. Uh, I think that it's all about, honestly, like, it's just about getting seen. Like, as you can tell, getting airtime is really hard for the LPGA, um, mm -hmm. but like every day, but Sunday or, you know, so, or you just see it pretty much on like Instagram, like the highlights and all that. Mm -hmm. um, like it's, it's shown, but it's not as, it's not shown as much as the, the PGA and tour players. Um, I think so just more exposure. Um, I think um, going back to something that you said prior to that question, um, uh, I think the money in women's golf is going to be a, really a lot about the sponsorships. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's how like um, Michelle Lee and like Nellie Corda and or the yeah. Corda sisters have like they're worth a lot, you know, or a lot mm -hmm. more than just winning a tournament. You know, because yeah, like, yeah. it's only like the top 10 that mm -hmm. win that, right. not okay. the top okay. 100. Yeah, and if and if you look at the PGA Tour, you know you could see guys that are are like well, well below the top ten that are having like somewhat lucrative sponsorships at the very least. I, I mean, I think Kevin Kisner kind of says it best, and I say it on every episode. You make a lot of money for coming in twentieth on the PGA Tour, and twentieth for the LPGA is significantly less. I, do you guys find that? And maybe this is me being ignorant, but looking at the LPGA uh, leaderboards every single weekend, I'm always very uh, on top of it, but it doesn't seem that, that there's a lot of there's as much parity uh, in the LPGA in terms of who's winning events. It's kind of seems not consolidated to three or four folks, but 20, 30 athletes where on the PGA Tour, I feel like it's it, it's anybody's tournament any weekend. Do you find that, that that's a um, a challenge for the LPGA as well? It seems to always be the same kind of girls that win, right? Yeah, right? there's always a big group of girls that are like on fire at the moment. 
Yeah. yeah. Do, do you find that that the lack of parity in the LPGA is a uh, problem and a hindrance as to why possibly they are getting less reviews and and because that that top ten girl uh, top ten girls in in Q score are the only ones that that are actually making money or getting the big time deals. Yeah, I guess like right now it's um, seen more than ever yeah. the like also like kind of like the Asian wave, I feel, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I'm not against them or anything, but I feel that right now in the, in like Q series or something, like there are a lot of girls trying out there that are not even like at their level, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, they're just lacking more, um, more American, more internationals that are not Asians, I feel. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not very really spread across the board. It's actually, it's actually kind of, now that you said that, I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. But um, yeah, I definitely see that, that wave as well. And it's, uh, I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I, but yeah. I know it's just not a lot of, um, a lot of people don't see it. A lot of people do not pay attention to women's golf. But like, of course, like, I mean, it doesn't really seem like that, like to us, because we're all about always golfing or always like talking about the newest gadget or the newest thing in golf. But um, not a lot of people pay attention to golf, so it's just it's a it's a weird thing. And the, back to going to Q, this Q school, um, it's it is getting a lot of light right now um, because it's kind of I think it's because we're closer to that age yes. of like trying yeah. to like, okay, we're looking into what's the process of getting in. There's yeah. multiple ways to get into the get on tour. Um, other than going to Q school, you can like, I mean, I don't even want to, my don't fact check me, but I've heard of other ways like, um, playing in like, uh, like women's all pro tour and then like making money on doing that and yep. then like winning some or whatever, like money list you're on. And then you can get up to like, yeah, like now there's all about money. Cause before yeah. it wasn't like that before you could only go pro by earning your card in the LPGA. Yeah. That's crazy. Now you can yeah. like just. You can say, like turn pro. You can you can just say I'm a pro. You, you know? Pro. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's how it should be. You know what I mean? Um, and I I guess going back to the 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 point that Steve was making about how um maybe the same people are winning the events over and over again. I guess it's like a double edged sword. Like it's a good thing, obviously, because that means like um you're going to be able to draw a lot of attention on those specific players who are winning a lot. Um, but then it's taking uh, that attention away from. Uh, the rest of the players in a sport that is already like struggling for viewership because they're competing with the PGA Tour. Um, and let's be honest, like people, like you said, that not a lot of people watch golf. Um, and then when you're when you're splitting the time between the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour, you know, you know, the slice of the pie is going to get even smaller and smaller exactly. um, because the golf channel is going to show, I guess, the PGA Tour for I don't know how many hours a day, but like let's say seven hours during, during the day while people are up and then they, it's like that late at night where the girls, you can yeah, that's when you usually find them. Sometimes they'll have them on during the day, like sometimes, but like, it really comes down to like the golf, the golf channel pushing out that content a little more. And then once the golf channel does it, then maybe NBC will do it. Um, well, I will please. say GA does a good job on Twitter. I, I'm, I'm always catching them posting highlights on Twitter. They do, they do that very, very well. So I guess they got social media down. I guess that's a good, yeah, but well, the the, the one the, the one thing I see, uh, I was on vacation and uh, I don't get the golf channel because I'm poor. But uh, in general, uh, like I, I'm watching on on the TV, and you know it's a problem when the LPGA playoffs happening and 
uh, Nelly Corda and Daniel Kang are on a playoff, and I'm watching Jim Furyk and Bernard yeah, Lander 340 yards. It's a, yeah. it, it, it's not Nobody a to watch the champions to watch. exactly. Like it's a, it's ridiculous. But um, straying away a, a little bit there, I wanna, I, I wanna kind of to you guys and what you guys think of uh, of golf as a whole. I wanna kind of bring it all the way back to growing up. There's a lot of players who, um, especially now in the LPGA, who have really kind of uh, bought themselves into the limelight and even as college players we look at, at um i think nelly corda is probably the best example of it being that, that she's 20 uh the best golfer on the planet um what's a who is a golfer or a, a handful of golfers that you guys both look at that you say i want to be like so and so or i try and emulate my my game or watch their videos or like who who, who sticks out to you Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah. Uh, for me, well, yeah, Nelly. I think she's what 23. Yeah. And yeah, I'm 23 as well. And I think about it like that's one of the reasons also like that I thought like all pros kind of like stick out for a reason. And mm -hmm. like she didn't even go to college to go pro. And like I'm here trying my best, working hard, but still like I'm not there, you know? So yeah, for sure, she's one of my favorite golfers. Of course, Tiger, Phil Mickelson. Um, yeah. Cameron Rio. What about for you, Cameron? Uh, you guys got some maybe similarities there? Maybe you got. I saw you. You might have. Uh, I love to... Phil Mickelson. Yeah. My favorite golfer. You know how people always ask if you could golf with any golfer. Well, I'm a lefty as well, so like that's why I'm all. Oh, golfers. you're a lefty. I feel like we should have gotten that information out of you earlier than we did. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, actually, we're okay. We'll just. There's no way you're both lefties. She's uh, we're mirrors. Although yeah. she's like a full, oh, okay. um, uh, foot taller than me. Yeah. We're like a mirror slanted because she's uh naturally a lefty. Right? Yeah, I'm a left-handed for everything but golf, and I'm the opposite. I'm right-handed for everything but golf. <laughs> that yeah. is crazy. I wow. love it. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm left-handed uh, throwing, but I'm right-handed uh, swinging. So my mind That's, is just blown by that. I, I, they can't. That's I, cool though. The only thing that I'm a lefty at is I kick with my left foot. Like if I was to play, really? soccer, like my dominant foot would be my left foot. Yeah, I had no, no idea. Yeah, everything lefty but golf. How, yeah. So how let's 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 like talk about that. How did that like come about for you? Was it is that how you were taught the game? Is that like. Were there like a limited amount of like lefty clubs growing up? Is that what yeah, it was? No, my dad was just, I feel kind of smart about it. He just thought like, okay, maybe um, like right-handed would be good in the front. Yeah. And um, I mean, yeah, in yeah. the future. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, 
it, it'll just be easier to get clubs and fittings and whatever lessons. And yeah, yeah. so, yeah, like, I guess, I guess that makes sense. I can see the logic there. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, um, they say that I release some kind of power for being a left-handed like on the downswing so like yeah yeah because you're like loading on oh no no you're actually loading on your yeah right leg it makes sense so you're generating your power from your dominant leg which is your left leg so when you righty a lot of that power i mean so actually uh, it's funny they say that because i'm the same way so i throw lefty and i play baseball my whole life and so all of my strength is in my left arm and my left leg just in the dominant leg up my body so I kind of do generate a lot more power from that spot. So actually, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty interesting technique-wise when you think about it. I don't know why like, I saw that then. Like, but she, you know, like this. Is... Yeah, I saw <laughs> well, Karen doing like math in her head. It looked like you were. Like, I was. I'm... I was like trying to picture the uh, the opposite of me when you're saying like left putting <laughs> on the left leg and like. I'm yeah. still. So I'm still her, very. Yeah. yeah. I'm still very. Um, so how did you become uh, a lefty being a righty now, Cameron? Let's go to that. So when I was younger, I played a lot of sports. I yeah. My brother played baseball. Um, he's seven years older than me, and I was put on a little, like, t-ball team where they mixed the boys and the girls, mm-hmm. and um, I was really scared, right? But I they, I started out on the – I went to, to bat, and I was on the left side – or I was batting lefty yeah. and um, throwing righty, and they were like – do you want to fix that? And then I said, my dad, and he was like, no, just let her do it. And so I, um, I played softball. I played, I played select softball growing up, club volleyball. Um, but softball, I was like a, like a I was pretty, I was a, I'm a fast runner. At that oh, okay. <laughs> How fast? So you now ran track? Did you run track at all? Yeah. No, now I'm a collector. No, never ran track. <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it though. I will, yeah. I will. We don't run. Golfers don't run. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, Joaquin Neiman was running at the uh, at the tour final and uh, has the, has the uh, speed out of the year. So, Cameron, do you think with your speed, could you possibly break his record playing eighteen? Good speed round. Easy. Call him out. He said easy. Oh, oh. you know it's funny because he's he's also around our age. So it, so if he gets around to this, this is a uh, we got a challenge here, folks. Younger. He's how is, is he? How he does look he no, I think he's our age. I'm pretty sure he's our age. He's like 22, 23. He's something. He's somewhere in the, in the range. He's like 23. I'm 23. Steve's 23. I think. Oh, you're What's that? Hold on. I, I have to now fetch up myself on yeah. this. Jeez. Well, okay. Well, do you, really? either of you know the fastest round you've ever played? He's 23. You didn't try and run, but. Oh, like walking or on like. Yeah, or either. Either way, like if maybe you tried to sprint it out. I don't know. I feel like I we play fast, like especially yeah. if I'm alone. I and there's no one on the course. I can finish a nine in like an hour. Really? Or, or Dude, that's played, that's impressive. We played normal in like three hours and like a sack. Yeah, San Antonio three hours and thirty. So you guys play normal three hours and thirty. That's yeah. right. now so now you're trying. You can probably knock at least a, a good half hour, forty five minutes, maybe more off of that. No, yeah, no, I, we're like qualifying and we finish like that fast. You guys finish that fast. So wait, guys, wait, 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 hold on. So, so we're talking three thirty. You're taking the 35, 35 seconds to a minute, reading your putts, getting everything in order. That, that's, that's ridiculous to me. Meanwhile, jo- John and I are, were on a golf cart and finished in 430. I take a long time. I take a <laughs> yeah, long time. Yeah, no, no John, John reads his putts like he's Jack Nicholas. Like, okay, like, he, he, he takes 80 years to, to read a, a quarter of a cup break. 
Okay, maybe that's a little. What, walks to but one I, end I of the club, puts on all fours. I, the, I got, the, I got a long fingers. It's, a, it's ridiculous. Sometimes he answers the call in the middle of my backswing, and then I got to back off the shot or something like that. There's no, 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 stop that. So, <laughs> John, John, I hate you. You're literally exposing me right now. <laughs> I, I don't appreciate this. So, no, so uh, uh, um, off the course, uh, as I've already mentioned that there's a lot of. Um, work that goes into what you already do obviously lift sucks and we all know that as a as college and club athletes but what do you guys do in your spare time aside from obviously golfing studying uh lift teamwork exercises what what are the something what are the things that like you guys like to do off the golf course stay busy um i really enjoy i enjoy working out like on my own and um I don't know, just watching movies. I like to go out, but I mean, since COVID hit, it's kind of like, <laughs> you know? Okay, so wait, where are the best spots in San Antonio? Oh you know, my God, we're, we're like, going to this right now? Well, I really, I really don't know. Cause like, when oh, I was she's lying, Steve, I was a freshman, lying. I used to go to Lush. It was <laughs> like, it was just to party and yeah, just to do something. But, well, well, downtown, if you want nice drinks. Uptown, and- okay. I'll write that down. Well, okay. uh, well, ironically, uh, Anna, obviously, we uh, we discovered you thanks to our intern, Brittany, who met you where else at a bar on Thanksgiving. Uh, so clear, clearly, the, there is some spot in San Antonio that the, <laughs> that, that the college athletes roll to. And uh, clearly, it was that. Probably one of the funniest things, I'm, I'm sitting on my couch and I'm watching football and all of a sudden I get a text. I'm like, yo, I met this girl who plays golf at UTSA. Like, holy crap. I'm like, I'm like, where are you? She goes, oh, I'm in a bar. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, at what point do you just stand there and just blurt out, hi, yeah, I, I work for a podcast. No. <laughs> wait, 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 how did she, how did Brittany go about it? We need to know. Yeah, facts. We don't know what her intern's doing. Because she's doing good work for us. We don't know her Brittany methods, though. Girlfriends of Johnny who is like best friends of my boyfriend. So, yeah, we met, they mostly wanted to, like, uh, catch up, and they just brought their girlfriends, and we were just like, hi. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we went to the Rustic at the Rim. It was nice. Okay. There's a place in Dallas. I spent a lot of time in Dallas because I went to SMU. There's also a place in Dallas called the Rustic. So yeah, I think it's like a yeah. They have like a couple of them. Yeah. Chain. Yeah. I would. I would. I would assume so. Maybe. Maybe it is. I don't know. We're we're really. Jumping, jumping off the beaten path with the uh, with the bar talk. Yeah, let's let's get let's get back on track. Let's get back on track. So we're right, so, about so, one, so that was that was fun. <laughs> so uh, I want I want to get a couple of a uh, couple of quick headers. I, I usually do this towards the uh, towards the end, but I think it'll be wait, nice wait, kind of let me, let, me get, let me get one question in here, Steve. All right, John. All right, all right. Um, go ahead. You got you guys obviously have like a great great um, vibe together. You guys are really like vibrant. Um, so t- t- talk to us about like what your team dynamic is like, because it looks like it's fun. It looks it's fun being a part of, of the team you guys are a part of. Uh, talk, to us, talk to us a little bit about that, um, what, how, how your teammates, how you guys interact um, and, and just what that uh, what that relationship is like with, with your teammates and how 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 uh, what that means to you guys, I guess. Um, so we're a small team. We've always been um, my freshman year. I had like the best time I thought like wow coming coming from Mexico like I used to practice by myself with my sister she's 
five years younger than me, but um, yeah, coming here and meeting all these girls, like doing the same thing that I do, it was just so much fun. But then as years went by, you just realize that some girls, we're girls and we like drama and some <laughs> girls are just not really friends. You got yeah, some tea, so you got some tea to dish, Anna? You got some tea for us? Anything? No, I won't say anything, <laughs> but that. yeah, but you just realize who's really a friend, you know? Yeah. Of the course, team. of course. Oh, it seems you got like you guys. At least the two of you guys are good friends. At least, so that's yeah, cool. we are. We are. Um, how was your experience? We're like a lifelong friend. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. How so, was you, would you so, say? So, would you say your experience was similar to that, Cameron, or or how, how is how has it been for in in your first two three years um, with the team? Um, the team's been great. I um I learned on from my my parents have always told me you're gonna grow up and um, you're gonna have maybe a handful of good friends that are actually going to be your friends forever. So my parents have some good, uh, um, couple friends like to them, like couples, other couples. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I have, I, I wanted to, I kept that in mind because I know that it's just, it's just, you, you can deal with some drama, but also you're not going to know them in 10 years. So you have to like learn from that and mm. just kind of pick and choose your battles or kind of ignore the drama or just like not care. But yeah. uh, like our team, like it's it's a fun time, especially when we're a little bit more free because um, we don't see each other as much like during off season. Mm -hmm. That's when we actually get the closest. Yeah. Because then during during season, we're traveling together, we're sleeping in the same room. We're if you're qualifying. the call qualifying, and that's intense, and everyone's you know at it. Like they, we, it's I've heard some other coaches of other teams say that they don't want their teams to be friends. I mean, our, we're all friends on our team, but like, mm -hmm. it gets intense. So, um, yeah. But other than that, I mean, other than like being competitive, we like for the most part, we know how to get off the course and be roommates yes. or be be friends. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's uh, very very mature. Like uh, that was a lot of maturity for for two two young girls. I, I still don't think I'm that mature to be quite. <laughs> no, John, you're not. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Well, it, it's uh, it certainly shows that you guys are uh, are both skilled on off the course and friendly enough. Considering you guys have won back to back conference USA titles, uh, 2018, 2019, or was it 2019, 2020? I'm kind of drawing a blank here, but being a part of a winning culture and a winning uh, team like this, what's it like to have the uh, like the knowledge of you might not go pro? Who knows? Uh, obviously, Cameron, we're we're playing for you here in Ano. Who knows? We might be able to see you soon but it what's it like knowing that your college accomplishment was you've won a uh, a conference tournament you've gone so far and you've been able to uh to grow at, at least to that point yeah um honestly thought it was just amazing like when i came here my freshman year i started off um doing really well i guess because uh i wasn't expecting anything and playing for myself for fun and then we won conference i got runner up that year and i remember i was like wow like this is awesome like my school's so great and then the next year like we get to win again and um yeah i won that conference championship and yeah i i just think like okay maybe golf is not for me but taking all these memories and just the winning feeling 
with me. It's just great. And Cameron, you stepped right into the limelight considering uh, how good the team was coming in. What was that like? Uh, it was awesome. The when I when I got here, that was the, one of the reasons I committed here because I was going to join a winning team, you know. And um, I just I knew that it was going to be competitive, especially like within well within the team, not just like going out to tournaments and being competitive with other people. Like all day, every day at practice, there's going to be something that we're fighting for, you know. Um, but it was instantly, especially with Coach Summer. Um, she's really intense, but like in a good way. She's always pumped up. She's She's awesome. So you can feel like if you're in us for the workout and she's there or just all of us are there, if you're with us at practice in a group, if we're in the car, there's a different vibe in there. Like we are up here, you know, and I noticed (laughs) that when I was a freshman because when we started doing things together, I was like, man, this is like, like like the first couple of times I hung out with all the girls, um, you can just, just, you just feel elevated because we have that mentality. Yeah. Yeah, Coach, it's all about mental and being strong mentally. Those are great answers. Wow. Um, before, I know, Steve, I know you got some some quick hitter questions, and you guys are going to have fun with those. I want to ask one more question before we get to those. This is my favorite question to ask um, all of our guests that we have on. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to describe your golf games. Um, you could use as little or as many words as possible. Um, what kind of shots do you guys like to hit? Um, what is the, what, what makes your game, what it is, anything that, um, maybe identifies you or sets you apart from the rest, what type of shots, draws, fades, whatever. Um, and I'll, I'll leave that to you guys. Me and you, me. Um, I had a draw. I'm little, but I can hit it. I can keep up. Um, five, one. So that gives you. <laughs> so you pack a punch then. That's good. That's good. A lot of power. Um, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. A lot of power in a small frame. That's impressive. Yes, it uh, it took some work. Yeah. Um, but it uh, I definitely I eventually catched up. I I, I <laughs> it up. who hits and, it who hits it further out of the out of the two of you? Uh, Anna, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> a little. It's a it's sometimes there's days no. where we're back and forth like yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Steve, and, um, Steve, me and Steve have those that kind of same thing, but I I always get the best. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm kidding, Steve. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. I, I hit it long, but I hit it inaccurately. That's not that's the problem that's there. Very, very, very true statement. Um, so Cameron, you you only play the draw. That's like your go-to. Is it like stock stock draws? Like pretty much. It's a, it's a either really straight or like I if I'm getting into one, I know I need to aim left of the flag because I'm gonna like if yeah. I'm gonna draw it. Not a big one, but like. If it's just like maybe a flag stick length of a draw, like yeah, so like that's so like five, five yards, five yard draw mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty tight then, really. And I would say, mm, I like uh, well, my short game coach is gonna hear this and laugh, but what does me <laughs> apart from everyone else is that I use a fifty-eight for everything. Oh wow! Um, I right. hit a, a bump and run with a fifty-eight. I had some nippers with a 58 mm-hmm. and coach is going to roll her eyes because she, <laughs> she made me chip with a five iron as a freshman. And yeah. It was, wow. That's but interesting. I love, I love using my 58. I don't know why. It's just, I can't grab something else. I will if it's much, it's like really needed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, and I mean, I'll hey, if it's not broke, don't so, fix it. Fats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Anna? Any, anything that, that makes your game uh, really, really unique to yourself or what kind of shots do you like to play? Um, I think I consider myself a good, like, long iron hitter. Okay. Um, 
I'm also long, as Cam said, like we're both pretty long and I like uh, shots off the tee. Like I feel pretty confident in those. And yeah, I also hit a draw like every, every time. Every shot's a draw. So nobody, no, but neither of you two are fading the ball then. Yeah. Something's wrong if I'm fading the ball. I don't know why I even like always get the feeling that when the ball lands on the on the left side, like I like it drawing, but up to the point that it ends on the right side of the pin. Mm-hmm. Always. Okay, so you don't want it to overcurve your line. Then. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, if it ends up on the left side for some reason, I'm like you get, you get not happy with it. We all know the traditional big four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. You could flush it, and if it's like an inch left of yeah. the hole, you'd be mad. Wow. Yeah. Like, Meanwhile, yeah. yes. If I can get it to it in an inch, uh, I'd be th- uh, thinking the golf guard. My God. <laughs> I also play the play the power fade, which is basically you line up uh, <laughs> twenty yards to the left and hope to guard land straight. Probably more left than that, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I'm a I'm a very mediocre mediocre golfer, and I'll be the first one to admit it. Even though I exude the most confidence, as if I'm Tiger Woods on the course, <laughs> that's but exactly. that's also because my grandpa used to always say that uh, the confidence is key. So I have uh, I have one final question uh, before you these questions, Anna specifically. Um, I was going through your your profile, and I was like shocked at the accolades, and I want to focus in on your time as an Olympian. So. Two-time Olympian for uh, in, in the Mes- in the Mexican National Olympics, uh, you were a Mexican Cup winner, and, and also I think I saw another thing. It was like you were the you were, you've been rated the one of the top five players in Mexico every year since you were like thir- since it's like 2013. Steve, you cut out for a second, so I think uh, I think you missed. Like, so what has that been like that. knowing that you've always knowing that you've always been? Oh, dude, the accolades just go on forever. It's like if if you two stepped up to a tee box and I was like well, like introducing you guys, it would be like Tiger Woods all over again. It'd be ridiculous. So, but w- w- what is it like being on um, that that elite level uh, and knowing that you are one of the absolute best from your country and being able to represent your nation? Yeah, so I went to the Pan American Games, which is like South America and like what else? Um, yeah, all all America basically. Okay. And, um, it was uh, it was so much fun. I had the best time and it really like just opened my eyes like to see like staying in the villas and stay and seeing like all these people from all over the world and I'm I was shocked. And you're one of them. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. But um coach actually went with me, she cut it for me. That's awesome. And wow. That's cool. And yeah, we had the best time. We ate so much Peruvian food. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but just thinking about that like makes me feel that I'm not just Ana Gonzalez, you know, that I'm also Mexico in a part, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. so yeah, like when I was preparing for that tournament, um, my uh, psychologist told me just remember you're not playing for yourself like you gotta leave a message you gotta leave your your best self out there oh yeah so uh, so actually follow up then uh because because you keep on bringing up your coach and uh, i'm sure she'll listen to this and she'll roll her eyes at, at the 58 degree wedge but let's give her some props she's uh she's done a kick-ass job over the last few years a few years and now I believe this is her fifth, fifth or sixth year at the helm of UTSA. How has she grown uh, as a coach? Ana, you can probably um, delve a little more into that. But how, how has she grown as a coach from the beginning stages to now being a two-time uh, champion and now going on e even further? Yeah, so at the beginning, my freshman year, I was literally scared of her. I I don't know if she took the job serious or what happened, but she, like – she made me run once at 5 a.m. because I was I was three minutes early of being late. I don't know if I explained myself. We so, have to be five minutes early to everything at least or else. I like, love it. Yeah. I hate so, that because I'm late to everything. Took so, a policy. Yeah. So I was uh, three minutes early instead of five. And she made us run a lot at 5 a.m. on a Did Saturday. Did you make the whole team run or just you? No, just me and the girls that we were late. No, really. And yeah, it was bad. I was scared of her. But <laughs> I'm sure, like, she has definitely, um, I don't know, grown as a person, I feel. Like, she, mm. um, I don't know. She's... She has a relationship with us, each yes. and every player. Yes. Mm. What's special? That's more what's like, uh, like yeah. a family member, yes. you know? Like a. Yeah. Like now, I don't. She wouldn't ever make us run, of course, because rules. Rules have now. changed. <laughs> yeah. Now nah, she'd make us, but <laughs> but I don't know. She just loves us. So she's very much like that. Uh, like that mom away from home. You very feel. You feel welcome. You're always around her. You can kind of go to her. Everything. She's more of a a confidant now. That at this point, being um, a few years in uh, with her. Yeah, so basically when I was recruited, I got recruited from another coach. She, oh, that's yeah, she was um, the head coach before, and she just quit. She wanted to dedicate her time to her kids. She just had, like, a baby. So Coach Summer, that was the assistant, now became the head coach. And my parents, my parents uh, whenever we came to the visit, they met the ex-coach and they were like, well, she's like a great person and we'll for sure trust her and everything. Like they loved her and they thought she was going to be like a great coach and like a second mom, you know, for me. Mm -hmm. And when she left, my parents were like, and now what's going to happen? What are you going to do? My parents are very old school, like, Catholic, you know, they're very like restricted about certain stuff. Yeah. So they really their mindset in that. In yes. That. Yeah. So, but now they love summer. They yeah. always have. And, wow. Yeah. 
So you were recruited by Carrie. Carrie. So Carrie Parnaby. So when I was recruited, Coach Summer was the assistant mm-hmm. and um, for pa- Coach Parnaby, um, Carrie Parnaby. And um, I then when I found out that Parnaby was leaving, I was uh, I was like, oh, does that mean Coach is going to leave too? Or like, because I was so young, I didn't know it was like mm-hmm. what could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. And I was rooting for her. I was like, oh, I really hope you get it. Like, good luck at your interview. <laughs> you couldn't call me, but I would call her and tell her and – and uh, yeah. once I heard she was, I was like, that's awesome because I was recruited by her. So I see her on a different level. Usually, like, the head coach isn't the one recruiting. So mm. I saw her on the recruiting level that, like, was interested in me. And now she's my head coach. And she's awesome. You know, like, you, you see it a lot. Oops, sorry, John. But um, you see it a lot with, like, and I, I use the college football example now with a lot of coaches leaving in and out. A lot of guys are transferring because they were recruited by a certain it assistant coaches really don't get a lot of credit for how well they they're able to recruit. Really, they are the the masterminds to a degree behind the uh, behind the big names that we see it in every sport, and it goes for literally anything: football, basketball, golf, uh, and so on. So, really cool to see that uh, th- that new connection and how things managed to uh, to come about. Yeah. So, All I was going to say was um, I just think it's really, really cool to to hear straight from the player's mouth, like, oh, my, my, I could tell that my coach loves me. You know, I think that oh, might yeah. be um, – it might be getting a little more common, but it's definitely, um, you know, when me and Steve were, were, like, in high school, I guess, you'd never really be right. like, oh, my coach loves me, you know. So it's 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 cool It's cool to see that that you guys have that kind of relationship with her. Um, and you, can, really you guys can tell without even, oh, like, sorry. her having to say it. No, go ahead. I feel like we're really lucky because um, I've, as I'm playing with, I'm sure you've heard it too. I've played with some other players from other schools, yeah. and I uh, won't say the schools, but I, I'm so glad we end up at those other schools, um, mm-hmm. at least for the coaches at the time, or from when I'm talking to them now, or mm-hmm. when I've had the conversation, because I, yeah. they don't think, I don't think many players get that same um, feeling, feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's yeah, that's cool. really special that you guys are able to experience that. But go ahead, Steve. All right, it's time to get into the uh, the fun stuff. We're gonna go through a quick, quick little thing. I we do this every time with all of our guests. We want to get some quick hitters, some uh, some different opinions from you guys. No need to think too far into these, but uh, we're gonna keep it simple and start off uh, pretty easy. Going through your golf routine in five words. How can you describe it? Go. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, said, she said. She said. You go. Um, go. I don't. I don't do a practice swing. I just really? basically think about it, but I um, stand over the ball and just feel comfortable, and that's it. No practice swing. Wow. Yeah. Cameron, what about you? Um, when I'm hitting the ball like the best, like on the course and at flags, mm-hmm. I am looking at the flag a lot. So behind the ball, um, I'm setting up, lining up, everything, still looking. Like, and not even just like back and forth, back and forth. It's like, I'm really, really connected to the, to the, to the, my line. And that's when it, that's when it's the best. How about pre-round? What's the, uh, what's the go-to, go-to routine on the putting green? What do you guys do? Um, I start off putting for 30 minutes, do some mechanics and then um, distance control. And then I go to the range and yeah that's basically it like sometimes whenever i feel i need to chip or something or do some bunkers i i never do it 
I never do it. I just go putting range. That's it. <laughs> Because you're not going to be in the bunkers if you don't practice. Right? Yeah. No, I don't know why. I just never, <laughs> never do it. I never noticed that. Yeah. But now that I think about it. Cameron, over you. For me, it depends. I mean, usually you start off putting, but it depends like where the, what course we're at and what the layout is. Because then I'm planning the night before, okay, what am I going to do for the hour and 15 or whatever that we have before. So I, um, I put on a device, like a putting stick or like a putting mirror, make sure my setup's good, making like, warming up the stroke. I usually like to put a, a circle around with a couple balls, a hole, and like just feel like those confident short ones, like a six-footer, seven-footers, mm-hmm. or uh, I'm going to hit the back of the cup, you know, and, um, and then I hit a few long ones, um, and then I chip a few, nothing really crazy, but I, if there's like a certain – shot that I need to work on that I know I'm going to use at the, on the course. Mm-hmm. I'll go and hit a few of those, nothing too crazy. And then um, on the range, I warm up, but I always end on the whole, like what I'm going to tee off with on the whole. So if it's a driver, if it's a three wood, or if it's a part three. Mm-hmm. And, that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. That's sweet. John, uh, do you want to go next? Uh, I, got, I got nothing for this. This was your oh, thing. All uh, right, deal. Uh, so, we, so we talked about, about, about the routine. Let's go through the bag. What's the brand of clubs you use? Do you use a mix a, a mixed brand bag? Do you use a uh, a like strictly one brand? What's your go to? Um, I have Tyler's wedges. Um, I have Ping clubs and Ping uh, driver, Callaway Woods, and oh. yeah, and Odyssey putter mallet. What? Your irons or what were your irons? I'm, I'm, I think I missed it. Our ping. ping um, yeah. Gotcha. Right. What about you? I am a bag full of Callaway. I use Callaway wedges, irons, the, the Apex irons, mm-hmm. and then I have um, a pink Callaway Epic. Um, all of my grips are pink. Um, and then I use a an Adele, Adele putter. It's a Adele is a brand out of Austin, Texas. Okay. Um, right. A lot of people hate on Adele, but I like it. So. <laughs> uh, I was gonna. Well, uh, too. I'm sorry. I was, John Rudd. I said your golf bag better be pink if you got like pink grips and a pink. UTSA colors, duh. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> Come on, John, get, get with mm-hmm. it. Right, so hold on. When you said Adele, I got I got got confused because I, I was like Adele's a singer. She isn't a putter. No, uh, so. <laughs> so do you, do you also like Adele the singer? Oh, I love Adele. Her new album. Oh. <laughs> literal, literal match made in heaven. All right, so we've gone through the routine, gone through the clubs. What's the game day fit? What do you have to wear every time? Is it a hat, a visor, pants, or a skirt? Obviously the polo, but, like, what styles do you enjoy rocking the most? So during tournament or, like, if it's my choice and it's, like, my own, like, like individual tournament, I'm going to be in let's go. Let's go both. Let's go both. Yeah. Okay. Well, for our school one, we have options, depending on if it's cold or whatever, but um, we have um, a pant and a, or we can do like a skirt or short option. I'm always a skirt girl. I like a long sleeve, even if it's hot, because I'm pretty tan and I I, I get really dark. So um, then I like to wear a visor um, and I do a high pony and a bow. I wear a bow. Okay, I dig it. Yeah, she's a diva. <laughs> <laughs> We're flipping that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. Yeah, with that. no. I mean, for the UTSA one. For the UTSA one, I also have some. Yeah, I have skirts. 
also shorts, but um, I wear a visor too, not a bow. I just you be a diva. I don't know. It was it was a hassle trying to like keep it in the position, the wind. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I just stopped, and then yeah, I also like long sleeve because yeah, sun is pretty bad, and yeah, that's it. Okay, are you guys? Uh, this is a uh, an odd question, so bear with me here. When you guys put your shoes on, do you guys go one sock, one shoe, or socks and then shoes? Okay, so people, some people, uh, like think of me weird because of this, but I like to sleep with socks. And oh, all right, no, that's, no, that's, that's totally fair. That that's not. I, I do that. I don't do it all the times, all the time, but I'll do it maybe like twice a week, maybe if, I, if I'm like really lazy. If I'm really lazy, no, you map it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twice a week, I'm gonna do that. Some people don't cold, like it's it. Cold. It's cold out. Some people don't like it, and I'm like, I if I don't have my socks on when I'm in bed, like I stand up to pair, like to get a on. pair of socks. Okay, yeah. I don't do that. But. No, I just do shoes. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Just, well, uh, Cameron thinks of you way differently now. Yeah. So. No, I'm like, oh my god, this is like a new friend. I guess I have to learn. <laughs> well, like, I, I'm saying, like in like for tournaments or like in the morning when you like put your shoes on, do you guys go like one sock and then one shoe, or you guys put put on both socks and then both shoes? I have my socks on, so. True. Sure, okay. Yeah. She so, just puts the shoes. So. Yeah. I was automatic. She. She's all. She. She. We're here. She's here. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. What about, what about you, Cameron? Both shoes. Like, yeah. All right, thank God. Thank yeah, um, if you guys said uh, one sock, one shoe, I probably would have uh, talked to you guys out of here because that's a uh, that's like, a hardcore yeah. circle trade. Yeah, no, that, that, that isn't the move whatsoever. All right, you uh, you can go to dinner with anybody, any three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Oh, my God. Oh. Take your time. You can take your time. Because this, yeah, this is yeah, a question but, that, that, you know. One golfer, uh, one guy celebrity, and one girl celebrity. <laughs> uh, yeah, fun. Let's go with it. Cameron, she's Cameron's making the parameters. Of the yeah. Steve. This is my question. <laughs> Not Cameron's like, nah, man. Not Sorry, no, just to make it easier. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I, honestly, I, I like that. No, I like it too. I like it too. Me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna also think of an answer, Steve. Yeah, y'all think of one too. One oh, golfer, one male oh, celebrity. Yeah, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Tiger Woods. Boom. Ryan Gosling and Emma Watson. Why Ryan oh. Gosling? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, Anna. Because he's a celebrity, but he's he's cute. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who is who is the who is the female? I, I missed it. I missed it. Was it Emma? It was Emma Watson. Emma Watson. I love her. I've always loved her. I love Emma Watson. Oh yeah. I, I don't have I don't have one yet. Steve. All right, Cameron. So this is my question. You're up. Um, sorry, sorry. Phil for sure. He just seems like it's such a fun time. Um, I don't really care for any girl. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, Kim Kardashian. Duh. <laughs> she said, duh. Duh. I'm so dumb. How did I not think? Why? That? Um, what? What do you? Is, are you? Are you a Kardashian fan? I mean, that's a stupid question. I'm just a stupid question. Um, yeah, how did you become a Kardashian fan? Me too. I love Kim. She just honestly, everyone like, like honestly, doesn't like him that much. But yeah, um, a of, there's a lot of haters out. There, a lot of Kardashian haters out there. She's a no. I just uh, I I think that we would relate a lot, and I think yeah, 
No, I just think that she honestly, actually, from what people think, I think that she'd be really cool. Like, I think she'd be like a cool person to talk to. I don't know. And then what? the guy, I don't know. Like, I'd probably a singer. Mm. <laughs> I honestly, I like country music. Maybe a cool singer for mm. sure. Um, yeah. Okay. You got. Well, you got. You got. Well, which country artist? This is this is important because because I love country. Oh, now you, now, favorite, now you're now you're being tested, Cameron. My favorite country artist, like they're probably gonna sing at my wedding, um, is Cody Johnson. <laughs> okay. Um, this is where we get into the wedding questions, Steve. Yeah. Right about now. Yeah. So so actually, it's uh, it's funny you say that because um, I'm gonna ask it immediately after you and I give our uh, our dinner date because now I'm curious about what you think. Me about. John, what? me about what? What? Oh, yeah, 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 John. Who, who are you bringing to dinner? I'm, gonna, oh, uh, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm very curious now. Okay, I was. I was I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Should have uh, put me on the spot. Okay, um, my three are um, Dustin Johnson for the golfer, um, Kevin Hart for the male celebrity, because I, I I feel like I'd have to want to experience his humor in person. Yeah. Um, sure. And then right. Taylor Swift for the female celebrity. Oh, that's okay. a good one. I love Taylor. Yeah. I love Tay. All right. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm a uh, I'm a fanboy for Bryson, ladies. So uh, <laughs> he is. he's my guy. Um, I I would love to just pick his brain and understand what the hell is going on in there. Uh, male celebrity would be ooh, um, Brad Pitt. He's a and, good guy. I, I, guess I like I like Brad Pitt. I like Brad. And female celebrity because she is the literal love of my life is Margot Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's All right. Good. All right, Cameron. It's time for the uh, for the wedding. I need to know what the centerpiece is. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you have a, an idea of literally every little thing, considering you're a you're a ten year planner. So I, I want to hear what's the centerpiece. What's the venue? Well, the thing is, I'm not gonna give everyone my. It's not gonna be a surprise. <laughs> Oh, because she thinks we're gonna copy it, Steve. She thinks no. we're gonna steal her ideas. This all stays here and then my Pinterest board. Okay. <laughs> Every girl has the Pinterest board. I <laughs> I don't know what it is, but like, so my girlfriend has a Pinterest board. It's hidden, and I try and find it. And, it, and it, no, I know it exists. It has to exist. Don't look for it. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Is it I bad? Want anyone, even the husband or future husband, to know. Because they're not gonna—they're gonna try to put their words in. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, this is me. All, right. <laughs> All right, fine. You don't have to give give out details, but give me the time of year and oh, yeah. the area, like venue-wise. Would it be in a catering hall? Would it be on a beach? Where, where where are you going for the wedding? So I'm. I love being traditional. Um, me and my family are Catholic, and so I would look. I want to get married in a Catholic church, mm-hmm. um, because I just love the the tradition from it, and like it's very like. The rules are like you know how it just all goes the way the way it goes. I don't know yeah. how to explain it. Um, and then afterwards, a big beautiful party. Where though? I need <laughs> to venue it. Oh, San Antonio. I love San Antonio. Oh, really? Why? Yeah. Wow. So like like catering hall or or like would it be like a mansion kind of thing? Like I I've never been to San Antonio, so I wouldn't know. For, for all I know, you you can go to the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love like a like a big like old mansion or something cool like that oh, not like a normal like a like a venue 
Okay. I'm, I'm, imagine a wedding at a freaking Alamo. Steve and, I, Steve and I are both Catholic, so we can understand the first week. Oh, actually, I don't speak for you, Steve. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm Catholic. Okay, okay. I thought so. We both went to Catholic me, high school. So. Me and we went, went to Did you really? So me and John actually went to an all boys Catholic school. I'm, I'm not sure if you uh, know yeah, all girls. Catholic. Yep, there it is. No way. <laughs> I, I, I knew there was a connection at some point coming into this. Uh, I didn't pick up on it. But yeah, but now we got it. So all right, so you know what I I have to ask because my sisters both went to uh to all girls high schools. What's the experience like? Because I know for me and John, it was very much like a uh like a big brotherhood of like four hundred guys in each class. So I want to know what was it like being at an all girls school? Was it uh was it very like family oriented or was it kind of cutthroat? <laughs> no, for me it was awesome. I loved it, and uh-huh. uh. Yeah, it was basically like we were we were just so young and dumb. Like mm-hmm. we would lock in ourselves in the classroom, don't <laughs> let like professors come in. We would do like ab workouts because of course we wanted to be skinny and like <laughs> yeah, like it was it was so much fun and it was crazy. Uh those girls, I basically if I see them, like I would hug them and how are you? How have you been? Like it Aww. yeah. That's cool. Well, now you can tell them. you can tell them all the good things you said about them, and they're gonna make you listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about you, Cameron? As, did you guys? Did you go to? I'm assuming you went to a different all, all girls school than she did. Yeah, she yeah. She was in Mexico, and I was here in San Antonio. Um, so I went to the, my brother went to the all boys school, um, in downtown San Antonio. Okay. So seven years later, I mean, I just kind of knew I was going to go to the, to incarnate work, the all girls mm. school. Um, there's two all girls schools and, um, oh. I went to the better one. So <laughs> <laughs> I love and, it. I love it. I love it. And, um, I honestly, I was pretty, it was a small class. Of course, <laughs> as y'all know, it's a really, it's a small close knit thing. And mm. I, yep. Everyone in that class, like I knew, and I mean, everyone knew everyone. And I think same thing here is like, there was, there was always drama cause we're girls. But at the end of the day, if I run into them, it's going to be like, oh my God, like, how are you? You know, and yeah. we all, and everyone's from San Antonio. So and are already here. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I, I'm just so glad that my parents did that because I, um, I mean, they don't have to, you yeah. know, like a lot of people don't do that. Don't yeah. do I love it. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Definitely. You know, uh, all boys high schools were, uh, they were interesting to to say the very least. There was a, uh, I don't don't think Steve and I had the same. We, well, I'll say this, Steve. Look, we got it. We got a good, like, core, close knit. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a unique experience. The ver- that basically, it, 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 it's one of those things that I tell my friends in college, and they they don't think my school existed. <laughs> they, they think it was fake. Like 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 they have no idea the stories. Anyways, we're getting uh off track here. So we talked about the um the three people dead or alive uh to ha- to have dinner with actually golfer, male and female celebrity. Uh, you're you're stranded on a deserted island. You have only three items. One of them, you one of your items cannot be anything to get off the island. So what are the three items that you're going to have uh, stuck with you on this island? I'm going to also think of an answer for this. <laughs> can we be wearing anything? On, can we be wearing like, you don't, you don't, Unless you want to bring uh, extra I mean, items. Yeah, like you're wearing whatever you would wear out or like. You're wearing like, what you're wearing right now. Everybody's yeah, yeah you're literally wearing whatever you're wearing right now. I'm, I'm going to go with what you're thinking. I would. Well, I wouldn't use the phone to get off. Okay, it has no right. service. 
Yeah. Oh, I doesn't have any service. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but like, 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 you, like, you cannot leave the island. Like, you are stuck there for the rest of your life, and you have three items to start with as your uh, survivor pack. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, no one's gonna see me, so no makeup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I could rule that one out too, Cameron. I could rule that one yeah, out too. No. <laughs> unlimited food. Like, I don't know, pizza. Unlimited pizza. All right. I was thinking that too, Steve, but is there food on the island, Steve? Do we have to make our own food? Uh, You're going to be hunting fish and... uh, Oh, God. I'll be dead in like a week. Me too. So would I, (laughs) but like... Hey, look, look, you know what? In a in a perfect world, you can get the uh, the the weekly airdrop of pizza. You can get it from from the uh, from the cargo. So, all right. So, 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 so there's the pizza, and what else? I would want a bikini, and I want since it's like we're making up our own world. I would want my phone, so that way, if I'm on an island, I'm taking bikini pictures and posting them on my Instagram. (laughs) And even though they won't post because no, because you have no service. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's why I was like, but still, like, it's still like the same kind of thing, you know. You could play like Flappy Bird or like some <laughs> on there. Or We're playing Flappy Bird on a deserted island. Yeah. I mean, if you have your phone, what else are you gonna do with it? I know. That's true. No that was dumb. No, no. I, I might bring my phone too. Honestly, I'll bring chapstick first and foremost. Yo, facts, dude. Bert's bees. Hashtag not a sponsor, but like, I, like I can't, I can't go anywhere. Without the bird's bees, yeah, I would, I would bring chapstick. Um, I'll bring like a football, maybe. Oh, actually, I would bring my golf clubs. That's what I do. And then I would bring golf balls. So I'd, I'd be chapstick, my golf bag, and, and wow, you, that's true. Yeah, you guys are wild. Like, like the obvious, the obvious answer here here is a pot, a knife, and a fishing rod. Okay. All right, Steve. Yeah. Okay. So what, are you, what are you gonna do? With hey, look, look. You, you gotta go Rambo at some point. Speaking your head. No. No <laughs> way. No way. No, actually, it, it is my mother. Oh, I'm in an interview. Go no, go away. Oh my I god. <laughs> so I told so I told the story to uh to, to, to some friends of mine. Um my mom peeped in one day. Uh you guys again. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes, we got you. I'm back. Yes, sir. Yeah, All right. So I was telling I was telling the story a while back. Uh, my mom jumped in on, on one of our streams, and I, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie uh, Monsters University. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like like the kid uh, in Uzma Kappa with the who, who lives in, in his mom's house, and she's like, "Guys, I baked you cookies," and she goes, "Mom, we're in initiation." <laughs> like, like, like literally, how I feel whenever this door opens, and I always mean to lock it, and I never do. And I regret it every single time. I thought it was, was going to be your brother, to be honest. Yeah, no. All right. I actually, I actually thought of one question, Steve, if you want to let me hop in. It's one of yeah, the question, but but I'll, I'll try and keep yeah, it. No, I, I'm almost done, so uh, feel free. Hop in. Okay, okay. Um, Anna, you mentioned uh, potential future in sports psychology. Um, I'm just very interested in like the mental side of golf. Um, if that's something that is that something that you're interested in the future, um, this is an open ended question, by the way, both of you guys could talk about, um, how you guys prepare mentally and maybe some tips, tricks that you guys have to maybe drown out the noise when you're on the course or the day before, um, whatever that may be, look like, whatever that might look like, um, you guys have the floor for that. Yeah. Um, 
So I've basically had a psychologist since I was probably like 13 years old mm. and it's a sports psychologist. So like mm. he has, he has always helped me um, with golf. And of course, if there's another situation in my life going on, he notices and, or mm. I tell them and mm. yeah, like, I think it's a very important aspect for every um, athlete and mm -hmm. even more for our sport, which is like a five hour mental strain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. True. Like in tournaments, we play uh, 36 holes, which take us 10 hours. So mm -hmm. that is basically a long time on the golf course, which you're just thinking and thinking and thinking. Yeah. And yeah, I just find it very interesting. And I do think people need uh, mental support for this sport. And mm -hmm. yeah, I really want to um, learn about it and help golfers like me that like used to struggle or something. Yeah. And especially because I feel that I have the, um, I don't know, I have the experience. Yeah. You sure? Understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh our um a friend of ours uh who was on the pod re uh, recently went to Xavier and he has he, he actually has a uh, a mental coach trying to go pro uh he's gonna go kind of Florida this month go to uh, to Q school but he always mentions like how he has a mental coach tries to get like a uh, he, he, he like listens to Zen music what do you guys do uh to try and keep your mental space pretty tight going going into tournaments and even in general because obviously. Um, as you talked about it, it's a it's a grind being a college athlete. For me, um, I used to. So when I was younger, I used to get headaches on the golf course because I was thinking so much. I wouldn't talk to anyone. That's I would crazy. just be thinking while I was in tournament mode. And um, but now, um, getting prepared before tournament, I just to make me feel more relaxed. Coach helps us out with this by telling us what we need to practice. That way, on the way there, I can enjoy the ride. I can relax maybe like just just not be so anxious about okay what is the course going to look like what are we going to see or like did I not practice that one shot that I'm going to need um often at this tournament but um once all that's there and we're on the golf course I for me I just have to to be prepared I have to remind myself to breathe or else I tense up um, your muscles tense up, your face, every, every muscle in your body will tense up if you aren't breathing correctly. Um, and um, it's really just breathing and um, telling my, and being confident. When I'm confident, like, mm -hmm. you're not going to worry about anything. And you can psych yourself out. If you're, if you're not feeling the best about your swing, you need to be confident. Um, and just know that once you're on the course, it's going to work out. Yeah. That's interesting to hear. I, lo I love hearing all that. And I also love hearing about how, um, Ana, you, you're going to apply that to your future, um, help other people with the same uh, kind of things that you went through. Because golf is a super mental sport. You have so much time to to think to yourself because you're out there by yourself. Just so much free time where your mind can wander. Um, so I, I just think the most impressive part of what you guys do is being able to control that um, and, and get the outcome that you desire, um, whether it's one shot or whether it's a whole tournament and winning it or winning as a team, whatever it may be. I just think that's really impressive. So I was, I'm happy to hear about that stuff. That's cool to me. Prior to my, uh, my final question, I want to get, uh, saying on this mental health, um, aspect is it, what was the lowest moment of your, uh, golf career, whether it be maybe, 
uh, mental health kind of took a back seat and you, uh, you weren't in the best spot or uh, just like a low point that you guys uh, challenged with and how you overcame it? Uh, for me, I guess it was coming back from my freshman year. So starting my sophomore year, my freshman year when like amazing. I, like I said before, I just came in uh, with no expectations, really. Like I played golf for fun and how like I remember to play it, you know, and um Coming back my sophomore year, I started to have the same expectations. Um, we, in, in college golf, we usually play the same tournaments kind of every year, depends on where you get mm -hmm. invited to. And we were returning to the same places that I was um, playing my freshman year. And I was like, okay, I You're do good. great. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did great here last year, so I'm gonna do great like this year, you know? Mm -hmm. And it started to not go the way that I wanted and just get so frustrated and upset about like, why, why is it not going my way? Why I, I played here before, you know? And I realized that until the second semester of, um, of that year, of my sophomore year that I was just expecting a lot from me from my game and yeah um i came home from every practice just stressed crying like what what is going on with my game i have no clue mm -hmm. and i did talk about it with my psychologist and we worked through it and that was when i actually won my first collegiate tournament at lsu months after in around March. And then two weeks later, I was, I also got the conference championship. So. Wow. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. I, I love, I love that you were able to succeed after all that. That's really cool. Yeah. Tell me about you. Um, I, my low part was like when I first started, how I explained, uh, or I had mentioned earlier that I didn't start off as a freshman, like the way I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, when you grow up and you're you're playing awesome like and you're one of the top like junior players you don't realize that once you get to college there's a bunch of you there and everyone is good and if you don't keep up then you're gonna be below like because you're so used to junior golf and that mm -hmm. you're on top and then all of a sudden everyone's here with you you're not special anymore so <laughs> so that was probably that's something that was something else and at that time i um I um, realized that I wasn't as uh, long off the tee and I was just trying to get stronger too. So trying to get stronger and eating more and with the nutrition and gaining, and I had to gain some weight. And um, that was hard. It was hard because I didn't like to see my body change. I didn't, I was, I just, it was a whole like mess. But then, uh, like I said, I overcame it. Like when, um, when uh, we came back for the second year, I felt like myself again, I felt strong. I felt just like a new version of myself, but but at the same time, back to my normal self, you know, yes. like, I, like I, I could keep up now. Yeah. And then I took that runner up at our home tournament. And then that when COVID, I was like, are you kidding me? All <laughs> this work, all this work just for this. But, but I kept working. I kept making sure that I was on the same routine that I was while adjusting to like get myself mm -hmm. adjusted um, over COVID. 
So, so like that's pretty similar to Anna's path. How like mm-hmm. um, it's it was basically like a returning to form for both you guys. Like you guys knew um, what you guys were capable of, but it just wasn't going your way. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything specific that you guys like maybe changed um, that got you back to where you were? Was it something mental, um, or was it just like belief in yourself? Maybe something very simple. Yeah, for me, I guess it was um, mental. Uh, believe believing in like my game that mm-hmm. it was always there was key for me to get back and also staying present you know because yeah when you when you keep thinking about the past you mm-hmm. stop um, realizing what you need to work on at the moment and sure I, I definitely see how that would affect, like, you know, it, it, whether you're thinking about the past or the future, you know, if you're not in the present, you know, then definitely it's going to affect. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. John, David, well, Cameron, uh, do you want to go or? Oh, no, no. <laughs> uh, John. No, that was just awesome. I, I love hearing about the mental side of the game. So I just wanted to ask him each a few questions about that, especially since um, Anna is going going into potentially pursue that as a, as a career. Yeah, that's so wanted to get some questions in there. So, ladies, uh, it's been incredible. It's been about, about an hour and a half. I have one final question and we'll wrap up uh, up here. You guys have obviously been on the college track. Most people don't even get to the high school uh, ranks, let alone college or possibly even uh, the LPGA, PGA one day. So what's the one piece of advice for any aspiring golfer who wants to get, uh, who wants to get better, wants to grow, possibly wants to end up going pro and making it, make it, make a career out of it. What's the one bit of advice that you can give as a college golfer that has helped you the most uh, along your way? You got one yet? I feel just play for fun. Like if you love the game, you'll succeed, you know, like I've, love the game so much that I just decided to put that um, feeling into something else that I want to achieve just because I don't want to go pro. But if you really enjoy the game and love it, keep going and everything will work out. That's great advice. What about you, Cameron? Anything? So mine's more on the golf side. Um, I mean, I agree totally with that. For sure, um, but this is more of like the actually playing golf part. Um, I would suggest practicing your putting and chipping, especially chipping, because although we do like we do that all the time, especially now like in college, I would say make that your favorite part of the game because in college you're not always gonna hit. I mean, obviously you're never gonna hit all the green. I mean, always gonna be hitting greens, but um, when you're especially when you're like not seeing a swing coach every week, which I, I'm lucky I get to see my swing coach every other week. Um, but when you're not able to do that and you don't have someone right there to fix your swing and you're not hitting it perfect, you need your, you need like to get up and down. And mm-hmm. if that's your favorite part already when you're younger, like it's just going to come natural mm-hmm. and you're not going to feel much pressure to get the up and down or sure. those uh, touchy shots under pressure. So learn to chip with more than a 58 though. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, coach, coach knows best. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's great advice, though. That really, that really is great advice for both both you guys. For for any young golfers who, who are listening to this, that's 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 great advice. I really couldn't. I really couldn't think of anything better. I myself am great at chipping and putting. But oh I my God, it. John! It's about everything else. So I might need to actually not listen to anything Cameron said. But I am 23 years old. 
uh, and I'm an eight, seven, eight handicap, and I have no future in the game. So don't listen to me. Listen to Cameron. Well, well, you do have some sort of a uh, a chance in the game in terms of broadcasting and being able to be oh, yeah. uh, be back be behind the scenes, but. You know, no, John and I probably won't even be good enough to make a pro am. Uh, <laughs> I've seen like guys like Tom Holland tee it up, and like I'm surprised at, at for Spider Man. He's pretty he's pretty damn good at golf too. Uh, me and John just simply don't compare. But ladies, it's been incredible. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, Ana Gonzalez and Cameron Calderon. Calderon, I'm so ah, screwed it up. We we had a perfect show going. An hour and a half. That's out of here, and I screwed it up, guys. I'm sorry, Cameron. We gotta record. We, we gotta record the whole show over again. Yeah. You, <laughs> honestly, with the way the internet's worked, it probably is gonna happen. Sorry, Cameron. Can you please say your last name for me? Cameron Carrion. There we go. <laughs> I'm not even gonna bother to to butcher it again. So I apologize, <laughs> ladies. It's been incredible. Thank you so much. Catch their journey uh, this season. They're gonna go go strong into the spring uh, spring season. Hopefully, bring home some hardware for UTSA. Tell coach. Uh, that she is the bomb. I've gone through her profile, and she seems like a, like an incredible woman. And, of course, guys, good luck this year. Best of luck to you guys, and we'll be following you guys uh, pretty strongly this year. Thank you thank so you. much for having us. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you. Thank you, guys. I had a blast. I had a blast. Thank you for listening to the Get in the Hole podcast, a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get in the Hole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Shout out to our sponsors over at Tomahawk Shades and Stateside Vodka for all their support in making underground sports your go-to place for all things sports. They get in the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia, releasing weekly a part of the underground sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next time.